This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Five on Three, WFUV's NHL podcast, back in action on Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. I'm Chris Hennessy, Thomas Quigley, hello. What's up, Chris? Uh, we also have a new line mate here, Matt Benzo. Matt's a Hawks fan, so we're going to talk about his new general manager. Hello, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. I'll tell you what, every time I hear that the waiting is over, the New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup, even though I'm not a Rangers fan, I get goosebumps. <laughs> disagree. Uh, <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> disagree. Um, and I do appreciate, I do love that uh, Alex threw in the Pulak block in game four. Yeah, one that's of the cool. Great plays of my life. Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's let's get to Kyle Davidson and the Chicago Blackhawks as they finally hire a full-term general manager, and it's just a guy who's been doing the job for the past however many months it has been, three, four, five months now. Um, I am perplexed by this because this is a team who is trying to get away from 2010, as they have said, as we have agreed that they should probably do that. Kyle uh, uh, Kyle Davidson was not with the team in 2010. He came the next year. He has two Stanley Cup rings and has moved his way up. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve this. However, for a team trying to get away from 2010, Madden, maybe I'm wrong. You tell me because you're the fan. They took two guys from the 2010 team, Patrick Sharp and Marion Hosa, and had them hire a guy who's been with the organization for the last 11 years. That, to me, does not make any sense. If you're trying to cleanse the organization, you should go from outside of the organization. They hi- they interviewed a lot of people, and right now it just looks like they took in some free consulting. I think the thing that upsets me the most is that it's not about Kyle Davidson. I want him to, to do well. You know, I obviously w- wish him well. The thing that upsets me the most about watching this team is that we all the issues are at are at the top, and it's the words family. And as much as he probably doesn't want to admit it, Rocky's turning into his father, and that's the sad thing if you're a Blackhawks fan. For me personally, like it's going to take them decades, well, a decade at least, to get out of this the mess that they're in. The Seth Jones contract kicking in soon, and all the moves that Stan Bowman made before he resigned are going to bite them back soon and Kyle Davidson he's going to have to do some absolute cap gymnastics in order to get them near the salary cap to improve for next year and I want him to do well I wish you the best Kyle yeah I mean it's so weird to like go back to like I mean they had like the press conference announcing uh that Davidson's taking over um full-time now and uh it's just funny to see Rocky where it's like listen to him talk like Davidson talk about how you know we have to address like how like we used to you know be you know make a lot of terrible decisions as an organization cover-ups and and how you have to clean house a little bit um in that sense uh and of course just like a month ago we were talking about Rocky where it's just completely trying to gloss over the fact that they uh you know have some serious issues to take uh control over at least you know start changing um the or like the uh, culture the culture that's what I'm looking for yeah the culture of the organization um, but his I mean you, you saw D- Danny Wirtz, uh was saying that he uh, it's it's basically time for them to completely go for the rebuild and um, obviously that's it's kind of what they're gonna go for here so you know Davidson's got his work cut out for him there's a lot of things um, I'm sure like a lot of things that are close to your heart. Uh, as a fan that he'll have to deal with. <clears throat> Number 88. Um, Sorry. One of them, like, 
I I feel like eventually they're probably gonna have to address like the logo and 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 oh, oh yeah and yeah, everything. Yeah, so like that's it. That's definitely a future thing. That's but, once Rocky steps away. Right. Once because right. uh, you tell me if I'm wrong, Matt. But from a distance, it looks like Danny has his head screwed on straight. Oh yeah, it it, it he does. He's I think he's like twenty something years younger yeah, he's than young. him. So he obviously know, he he's he's all there. I'm I'm not saying Rocky's there, but he he's just getting older and right. right. That's that's the pro- the problem. You need guys who are who are younger running that the organization. So once Danny takes over, yes, I agree with you. The logo and the name and that could go. But in the current between now and the end of the NHL draft in July or June, whenever it is, the roster shouldn't look the same. The only two guys who should be on the roster, one because you have to keep them and one because you should, are Alex DeBrinkin and Seth Jones. That's it. Everybody else to me, is open season. Maybe you say Kubalik is still 26 years old, RFA, arbitration eligible. Maybe you could you could tr- probably convince me into keeping him and Kirby Doc too. Everybody else, I think, should be open season. Cal DeHaan, Jake McCabe, Connor Murphy, obviously Marc-Andre Fleury, even though it seems maybe now he doesn't want to get traded. Jonathan Taze, as we mentioned a million times, Patrick Kane. If you can retain 50% salary on Patrick Kane at the trade deadline, you, that could be the... Biggest trade in terms of draft picks of the cap era, without a doubt. You could get three, four first-round picks for one year of uh, Patrick Kane at $5.5 million. To me, if I'm the Islanders, which I'm an Islander fan, so let's pretend I'm the Islanders for a second, I am doing that like that. Three first-round picks and Kiefer Bellows for for half half salary, Patrick Kane for one season to go win a Stanley Cup, sign me up right now. That's that's what the pro- that priority should be is get as much back from this crap roster as you possibly can and be terrible for the next five years. I mean that that is the plan. I mean it, it worked uh, f- fifteen years ago, and, but then they tried to do it a couple years ago and Kane and Taze threw a hissy fit, and that's why Seth Jones is here. Seth okay. Jones isn't here because Stan Bowman wanted it, it is partially, but it's because when they tried to do it, what two years ago. The two of them threw a hissy fit. They went in there and said, "No, we're not be- being part of a rebuild." So go away. I don't care that your your number is getting retired. You have three Stanley Cup rings. Yeah, I mean, some things have changed in the past two years. So I think That's maybe true. if you, if, you, if you were to ask them again, they might have a different uh, opinion at this point. Um, especially because I don't know the Bla- I mean, the Blackhawks just haven't been in the news for anything good this year. Um, and obviously, these are players that are ending or you know approaching the later stages of their career. Um, and you know, if they don't want to be, like you said, if they don't want to be part of a rebuild, they should be all over getting traded. I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I, I can't wrap my head around hiring a guy who's been with the organization for 11 years, but best of luck to him. As you said, Matt, I don't have anything against him personally. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, lot, we have so much more to get into, so I do want to move on, but this Blackhawks team will continue to be a topic of conversation through the end of the NHL draft because I do think that they're going to trade away some big pieces. We'll move on to where I'm going tonight in the UBS Arena in the New York Islanders. Uh, this will be one of the last times we talk about them because once they trade all the people at the trade deadline, we are not going to talk about them anymore. Um, but I think that it's still interesting, and look, they're you know eight and a half games out with five in hand against Washington, and Washington is sliding. They don't have a goaltender, and now Marc-Andre Fleury seems to be taking himself out of the conversation. You put it like that, and it seems like this team – might be able to get over the hump. But then you watch these games. They don't show up against Los Angeles. They have a really good game against Anaheim, and then they get absolutely screwed against Colorado. And it's just it's just how this season has gone. 
To me, as I've said a million times, it's over. Just trade everybody. But Quiggs, I mean, that doesn't mean the the Colorado game didn't stink because you look at that replay, it's a goal a million times out of a million to me. Um, And Devontae's had like four points, and that really ticks me off too. What are they, 20 points out? 17. 17. Yeah. With five in hand. It's uh, no. It, I know. I, mean, I know it's over. Obviously, it like nice. if you if you're being realistic, you, you you don't hope for you know like the glimmer of hope that that you're given because you're still not mathematically eliminated. Uh, you got to be smart at the trade deadline, and the Islanders. I mean, at this point, you have to just pass in the season. Um, you, you mentioned that Patrick Kane trade. There's no way that they would make that this year. Uh, no, I know that's why I said at the draft. Right. So, um, okay, I didn't hear that. That's all me. But yeah. Uh, so no, I mean it's it's time to look to the future. I mean, you still have a good team. Obviously, you just haven't played very well this year. There's there's a bunch of factors that you know are, are adding to the Islanders' woes right now, and I'm sure you could even trace it back to the way they started the season and then the COVID mayhem that they had to go through. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously, you have to look to sell at this deadline. I think another thing that the I that why this season has also been kind of a disaster. How old is Lou Lamorello going to be ne- next year? <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent point. Uh, I could get that answer for you, but it's old. Look, Lou Lam. I always can't remember how to spell his name. Anyways, continue. Look, Barry Trotz is going is going to stay. I mean, mm. there's absolutely no way they're going they're going to fire him. You know, you have a lot of guys on the on the roster who they did put in a lot of draft draft capital in to go out and get. They're going to be they're going to they're going to get older. They're getting older. Excuse me. They haven't pr- produced as as advertised. So. You know, there are a lot of questions questions for the Islanders, but, you know, this is the NHL. They are a very capable team of pulling off 10 or I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think realistically you have to just focus on the future and retool because you have the pieces to go on a deep run. We saw, we saw it the past two postseasons. So retool, not rebuild, is what I would do. I agree. Uh, it's, it's a retool situation. Lamarillo will turn 80 in October. Wow. But there's there's a succession plan in his place. His kid, uh, Chris, has been his assistant general manager for a long time. He's 50, um, so he's not exactly a younger guy. But I don't know. I mean, clearly his dad went to 80. So um, if he does leave, there is a succession plan in place and has been since he was in Toronto. But, um, yeah, I, it's you know it sucks. It, it definitely is unfortunate to have this season pretty much be over in February and now into March. Uh you know, I think the Barzell injury, which it looks like he's going to miss tonight's game as well. There was no morning skate today, so we don't know for sure, but Trotz pretty much said as much before the Colorado game. I I don't want to say shut him down because it's not like a very serious injury, apparently. It's just a lower body injury that he wasn't. he doesn't have any brace or cast on his leg. He's walking around perfectly fine. He just hasn't skated. But it's like, I don't know, is it really that much of a bad thing if he gets a little bit of rest? Like, to me, it's just the season is over. It's over. Just trade Cal Clutterbuck, trade Semyon Varlamov. Apparently people want Zidane Chara, which is bonkers to me. <laughs> Apparently <laughs> Semyon Varlamov. Like, I would say Chara is the only one who's untouchable on the team. <laughs> not not because he's good. <laughs> right. The only untouchable guys going into this trade deadline and draft, to me, are obviously Pulak and Pellet because mm. you just signed them long term. Barzell, Brock, Wallstrom, and Dobson. Beauvillier, and Lee. Both goalies on the table. Sorokin. Okay. That's yeah. a lot of guys. 
Yeah. But they're a good team. Yeah. Like, no, I don't they're know what they're a good team. Like, retool like, is like the perfect re- word. No, right, yeah. exactly. I was thinking about that group of players when I was when I was uh talking about them, like they're capable of making a playoff run. Those those how many group of players that you just mentioned there, they've been that's the core that has gotten them to two straight Eastern Conference finals. Right. And the thing is, as I mentioned, the guys that I want to trade, Kyle Palmieri and Josh Bailey, aren't going to get traded because nobody wants them, which is why I want to trade them. That this that's kind of the predicament they're in right that's now. That's the whole issue with trading. It's got to be value you know on what? both sides. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, speaking of trading, the New York Rangers. You no oh no Tyler was there last night. Yes. Uh, they beat the St. Louis Blues five four four three four three. They won by one goal. Uh, I don't know five three score. five three five three. They won by two goals. Excuse me. Yeah. Alexis never. Lafreniere scored. Chris Kreider scored again. Is he back in the lead now? I think he's not. He, but thirty five. I don't. He has thirty five at least. Um, the lead's 30, 37 with Matthews and Drysaddle. Okay. okay, so he's not back in the lead yet. Thank you. Yes, thirty seven for Drysaddle. Uh, and yeah, Austin Matthews is going to win the Hart Trophy. That dude is on an absolute heater. Uh, anyways, the Rangers. Yeah, I mean we we've talked about it a million times. To me, Tomas Hurdle needs to be a New York Ranger two and a half weeks from now. I don't think there's any way. You can look at your fan base and say, "Yep, we went all in without Tomas Hurdle or Phil Kessel." Not really. Like just Kessel. one of the big guys uh, that you're not going to get Claude Giroux. So it really just comes down to Hurdle on the team. My question now is, let's kind of build the untouchable list of prospects because you're not going to trade a roster guy. Obviously, that's the point. But let's build the untouchable list of prospects. I'm just going to name some guys. You're a Ranger fan. Okay. So tell, And you can join yeah, in sure. as well, Matt, of course. You're part of the podcast. Tomas Hurdle. For this year, maybe maybe a, Mark Shifley might get traded. JT Miller might get traded. So those guys have a little bit of term. Hurdle's a, a rental. Alexis Lafreniere. No. I would agree. Capo Caco. No. Really? I don't, you know, I, I see. I see a lot in, in, in Kaka. No, I'm, yeah. I'm getting rid of him. That's that's the thing. You see, you're finally seeing a little bit of something in him. But what you've seen for the past two years is that he might not be all that he was advertised. Is he 20? <laughs> 21. 21. Okay. He's younger yeah. than me. February 13th, 2001. Yeah, so he's exactly a year younger than me. Yeah, him. almost. So that's no. Nice. I want to keep him. I I, w- I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. But no, I. <laughs> I'd say, I mean, like, okay, I wouldn't say he's untouchable. I definitely wouldn't say he's untouchable. But, I, but I'm just saying I wouldn't. No, he, he is very touchable. Very touchable. <laughs> very, t- <extreme>. very touchable. <laughs> agreed. Uh, that, <laughs> do we have to cut that out? <laughs> yeah, um, I would get rid of him. Yeah, I would too. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too too afraid of of, of trading Longquist. Libor Hayek has no value. No, not at all. Andre. No, gotta keep Andre. Gotta keep Andre. Absolutely. All right, that's my list. So, Capo, so Capo Caco, Niels Lundqvist, and a first round pick. Heedle, I would. I mean, I, I really. Don't, I don't have no. I really don't have see, a lot of attachment to Heedle. Heedle's second on my list behind Lafreniere. No, I don't. He's see good, that. dude. He's been really good. He's been. I mean, like, he's been longer than any. He's been there longer than any of those guys that you mentioned. Yeah, how old is he now? He's 20, probably he's the same age. He's probably like twenty two, maybe. Yeah, twenty two. But like, I don't know. I haven't seen so much growth from him. No. You haven't, but he's playing in the on the team every night. Unlike Capo he was Caco, a healthy scratch for three straight games. I have a nice. yeah. When the past three games until today? I mean, hey, yesterday. Play, I was like played last night until yesterday. He was he, oh, he wasn't playing I, for I three missed games. That. What's up, Matt? Here I got I got Capo Caco and Philip 
titles, stats like side side by side, and just looking based off of stats, Kako Kako is slightly the the better better player, yeah. just just stat wise. Kako has the name though. Like going yeah. into that draft, it was like Hughes and Kako. He's Hughes the second Kako. overall pick. He's the like, second that's, overall that's a, pick. It shouldn't be that to me adds value to him, even though it shouldn't. It's the reason why Nolan Patrick got a draft pick. No, I 100% the, agree with past you. Past season, because he's the second overall pick. Capo Caco has not proven to be Jack Hughes' counterpart at all. No. Over the past three seasons. I think that that is an understatement, as a matter of fact. Uh, I would... It's, you know... I mean, I is Jack Eichel, like, Connor McDavid's counterpart? Like, I don't know. No, but he's a damn good hockey player. Yes, of course. But I'm that, saying, that, like, that's, that's an outlier. Right. Give me another one. No, I don't want Is Patrick Laine <laughs> Austin Matthews kind of part? No, but he's having a really good season. Yeah, okay. That, that like, it, I don't know. It's just, I, I just I, think the jury's would, still out. You know, it's of been course the jury's still out, but that's prospects. Basically that, that's two and a half seasons. Deadline. Basically two seasons. Last season was a half season. It's, but that's the trade deadline. That's what prospects are. It, it is a work right. in progress. It is an un- unanswered question. But to my point last week with Colin and Sam, you do not get Vesna goaltending. You do not get potential Hart Trophy goaltending, which is another conversation, every single year. And yes, Igor Shosturkin looks like he could be better than Lundqvist. I'm not denying that. But what you have in this guy right now is putting together one of the best goaltending seasons we've seen over the last five years. He's been incredible. Since the Carey Price Hart season, the Hellebuck 2019 was, uh, 2019-20 was unbelievable. This might be even better than that. So to me, you have to go all in with this guy healthy, which he hasn't been in his career, no fault of his own. One was a car accident, and I'm not faulting him, but healthy, and playing the best he has ever played. Could you get that over the next 10 years? Sure, absolutely you can. But there's no guarantees. No, I agree. They have to go all in. But I'm just saying that I would rather trade Heedle than Capocaco. Okay. I would trade I both of them if it means that we can get, you know, maybe... JT Miller. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. At that point, he's an expensive guy for the next year and a half. So, I don't know. Phil Kessel, I would love to see him on, on the Rangers. Maybe even <laughs> Arteri Ar- 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 uh is also a possibility. Paul Stastny. Well, the thing with Montreal is the guy who's running that team, who loves all your prospects because he's the one who drafted them. Right. Yeah. So, I, I think that there's a trade with Montreal coming. Ben Sherratt, maybe. Arteri Lekanen, probably more likely. I'm texting Caldwell. Getting his opinion on the matter. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I think that Mon- a Montreal trade is coming in the next mm. two years because he drafted all the guys. So if Chris Drury is going to part with them to go all in, Jeff Gordon is going to pick up the phone and call him because they're buddies and he drafted all of them, so he likes them. Imagine if Lafreniere went to Montreal. I don't know who you would even trade him for. Yeah. Suzuki, Caulfield, but that's not an upgrade. You, I mean, we're not going to get Caulfield from them. No, I don't, and nobody's going to get Lafreniere from you. But no. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Rangers this year, Matt? I mean, pretty much just – I feel like Igor Shesterkin is also bailing out a lot of the problems that, that they have because they haven't sco- scored a lot. They can't score. It's they're really bad. They're 18th in goal, in goals for, and they're third in goals against. And if you look at Shesterkin's just playing numbers, there's a reason why they're thir- third in goals and they're uh, third in the Metro- Metropolitan Division right now. So – you have to go go out and, and go get one of those uh, tra- trade pieces like mm-hmm. like Phil, Phil Kessel or, or one of those guys because you need to score. You can't win if you don't score. That's what my mom has told 
all of my siblings <laughs> went, and, and myself, including when we go play hockey back in the day. Yeah, that is one of those keys to the game. Yep, got to score. The goal thing. They did score. I mean, look. They yeah, put up four goals in there and an empty net. Four goals in an empty net last um, night against a good team and a good goalie. So that is their thing, though. They they like to get down and then come back. Even uh, even yep. like sun like Sunday's game. Like had they been given an extra ten minutes to play, they would have come back and won that game. The Canucks game. Yeah. The what it was five two final. It was five two final. But it was, it was an empty netter, game. and they scored like two goals within four minutes, like within the last ten minutes. Yeah, they they have the most come from behind wins in the league. I think it was eighteen. Yeah. They passed Columbus the other night. Um, and that's I mean that's completely just Igor being Igor, and then you know them. I don't know. And Adam Fox Certainly. had two assists because he's oh three assists. Yeah, he's, he's assists rather talented because he's an insane priest. Yeah. So good, <laughs> he's so good. Um, Huberdeau is probably going to have like the most. There's no trophy for most assists in the league, so I don't know why I love it, but I do. Um, <laughs> but he's probably gonna, he has 57. Uh, oh, where'd it go? There it is, 57. Uh, Adam Fox is fifth uh, with 46, so he is the top defenseman. By five assists over Roman Yossi and six over Victor Hedman. So, oh, and four over Chris Letang. So, I mean, he he has a pretty good lead on those other guys, and yeah. the other defensemen. But, um, yeah. So it looks looks good for the Rangers. They are able to avoid a three game losing streak. It would have been the first time since like the fall, I think. Yeah. Um, that they that they had lost three straight games. Vancouver and what was like, the other I one? can't even think of even Tyler if they did. Out. Hold on, lose three straight. Tyler tweeted it out, but they lost yeah. to Vancouver, which was a tough loss, um, yeah. and the five-two loss, as we mentioned, and yeah, it, was, it would have been the first time since November second to sixth. I will say for that Vancouver game, they had so many scoring chances that just just did not, you know, finish. and really obviously you have to finish your scoring chances, but it just like I mean, we ran into a phenomenal performance from Demko. Vancouver is what if Igor Shesterkin was human? That's what Vancouver is. Thatcher Demko's really good, but he's not yeah. Igor Shesterkin. Yeah. And they can't score. And that's what happens. They lose games 5-2. to two that They they can score on Alexander sh- Georgiev. <laughs> that's true. That's, most teams can score on Alexander yes. Georgiev. Yes. That's a very, very good point. Um, what else do we have? We have Oh, we have two things to get to. Um, start on a low, so you end on a high note. That's, that's how you got to go. Yep. So we'll talk about Russia. Um, Breaking news, Russia invaded the Ukraine. I don't know if you saw this. Or Ukraine, I should say. Excuse me. Um, it was about been about eight days now. Uh, and we only talk about it here because um, there's hockey implications. A um, few things have happened. Uh, the main one to me, uh, the double IHF uh, disallowing Russia and Belarusian, Belarusian teams to participate in their tournaments. They strip Russia of the World Juniors which is scheduled for Christmas 2022 into New Year's 2023. They have not stripped them of the World Championships, which is scheduled for May, June of 2023, but that could be taken away from them. Obviously, that's not for a long time, so um, they're kind of waiting and seeing on that one. Uh, they The NHL has suspended all business operations, all social media accounts with Russia, uh, and then the bigger one in terms of kind of what we see on a daily basis uh, is CCM has dropped all Russians from their marketing. So Alexander Ovechkin being the number one, he uses CCM products. Uh, he still can use CCM products, but he's not on posters. He's not in commercials, whatever. And Mass Mutual is not going to run that fantastic commercial with Backstrom and Ovechkin. Remember that one 
where they're eating ice cream on the couch and Ovechkin's. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're not yeah. going to run that commercial <laughs> anymore, uh, which is unfortunate. But all of this to say, um, this is kind of just like what we expected, and it feels like the right response. Just like it's unfortunate. Obviously, because these kids who aren't going to get to play in the World Juniors and the fans who were had tickets to go to the World Juniors and, you know, the Mass Mutual with the commercial, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything to promote this, Matt, but at the end of the day, you can't say any of it's wrong. Uh, yeah, you, you can't. I think one, one thing that I personally have seen a lot on Twitter is that there are people who have called for Alexander Ovechkin, you know, to officially speak out and he did you know he basically just said no war we we want peace and people were still angry at that and I think here's the thing about Alex Ovechkin he's the most popular person from Russia who isn't Vladimir Putin so it's obvious that you know there's some connection with him and 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 Putin I mean now I sound sound like the news but (laughs) but you know just them pulling all of their Russian spo- sponsorship, the NHL and C- CCM, you know, dropping Russian adver- advertising, using Ru- Russian players to for advertising. It's the it's the right call given the circumstances, and that's the un- the unfortunate thing. They're not responsible for it, but it's out of their control. Yeah, I mean, we have to remember. I mean, first of all, Twitter's gonna get mad about everything, so that's the first thing. But um, correct. Uh, we have to remember that. Like for Russian players to speak out against Putin is like very like dangerous. Remember what happened oh. to Artemi Panarin yeah. just last yeah. year. We, yeah. we, we yeah. have we, we have we have examples that we could just go back from like a year ago. Yeah, that was a wild situation. Feels and, like so much longer. And yeah, it, it really does. Feels like a <laughs> lifetime. Because it was like anyway, the beginning of the yeah. season. Yeah, it was February. It was January. Yeah, yeah. 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 January, February. February. Whatever. Um, Continue. But yeah, so I mean, I I, I get like where where. Uh, Ovechkin's at right now. Um, I mean, I, obviously, he has been like pretty buddy buddy with Putin in the yeah. past. Um, but you, what all of this like really sucks for is for the players from Russia who have absolutely nothing to do with you know their leadership and the government's decisions, um, and the fans in Russia, the hockey fans in Russia, and the people of Russia who are just like right. hockey's have to go along with this furthest basically. from their biggest concern right now. Exactly. I understand that, right. but. But that's the lens we're looking at. It but for. if you think about it, outside of like you know, actually like, and I don't want to get too much into foreign policy here, but outside of like, yeah, we're missing actually, our foreign policy king, Tyler r- Mooney. Right, right. <laughs> outside of actually just like attacking a country physically, um, and like outside of sanctions, which is like what the the West is really going for is their attack method here. Um, hitting people where it hurts the most could be sports. Like sure. preventing, right. um, especially with Putin, especially because Vlad. he yeah. loves yeah. hockey. Yes, he uh, he's really bad at it. He's really, really bad. <laughs> I want I want to emphasize Those that videos, Vladimir Putin sucks uh, look, at hockey. Look, look, Vlad Putin is not a popular guy. I understand that. If you want to laugh at him, just YouTube Vlad Putin play hockey. Easily the hardest you'll laugh all. He's day. really it's he's really bad, and everybody around him plays very you know lacklusterly so that he you can think? look good, and it's it's really kind of sad to watch, but. He takes this this stuff really seriously, so I mean, this is a, an effective strategy, I think, from you know the NHL. Obviously, they're not like in cahoots with like any sort of like Western governments that are like actively asking them to do it. Right. I think it's right. more of just like a public, you know, backlash. Like we have to do this; we have to get ahead of it. But um, I mean, it could work to, in some ways, kind of 
maybe dissuade you know Russia from the actions they're taking right now. And I thought that the idea of suspending Russian players was too a step too far. My opinion, obviously, you know, we're biased. You're right. you have Artemi Panarin. Russian players on the Blackhawks? Nah, I can't. Ilya Sorokin, Semyon Varlamov. We're biased. Igor, of course. Yeah. Igor Shosturkin. I still taking that away thought that was a step too far because ninety nine yeah. percent of them have not said anything. In the case of uh Panarin and Nikita Zadorov, they have come out against him. It's only Ovechkin. And to me, my opinion is that you shouldn't ask an athlete about politics unless, A, they bring it up first, or, B, they are very, very, very well known on a side that doesn't look great, which is a very specific lens that Alex Ovechkin falls into. Yeah. So they had to ask him about it. He said what he said, and we move on. Because yeah. there's nothing he can do about it. Can he call Vlad and say, hey, pull the guys out of Ukraine? Sure, he probably could. Putin's but... not going to listen to him, but... <laughs> Thank you. I wonder if he would take that call right now. He's probably... Uh, ma- I, mean, I know, honestly, he's probably Putin, best buddies with him. Putin's probably mad at Ovechkin for saying that war is bad, which is like <laughs> yeah, probably the, the least like offensive yeah. thing he could have said about Correct. Russia right now. Correct. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, to me, this seems like the right move... Ovechkin said what he said, and we should all just like let him think that way because there's a lot going on in his life right now. His family is still over there. His, right. his wife and his right. kid are here, but his parents, I believe, are over there. So, to me, that that seems that seems fair enough. And we move on from this situation, having not really any impact on the the visual of the game here. But we understand that when we get to World Juniors, there's going to be one less team and maybe at, you know if there's a World Cup in 2024 you know who knows how long this is going to go on so uh, it could be a long time one other story I wanted to mention um, as I try to pull it up here because I accidentally X out of it um, from Russia is this draft prospect I don't know if you guys saw this one um, oh, yeah, I, I saw this one. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. So his name is Ivan Miroshenko. Apologies if I mis- mispronounced that. Uh, he was diagnosed with, quote, serious health problems and couldn't miss all of next season. It comes out later that those serious health problems are Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, and his club announced it, his club, his Russian club, Avangard Omsk. Again, I apologize if I mispronounced that. Um, said it was covering all medical expenses. Uh, he was he actually had jumped Logan Cooley and was now the number two prospect in the 2022 draft class. When it first came out, the Hodgkin's lymphoma was not attached to it, so there was a lot of theories going around. Like, are they just saying this so that he doesn't go over to to the West to to play in the NHL because he would get drafted number two overall, probably come over and play the American Hockey League next season, or stay over there? Who knows? But um, he was the captain of the team that won the Holinka Gretzky Club. Holinka Gretzky Cup in 2021. He has 10 goals and 16 points in 31 games this season in the VHL. Um, you know, obviously our, our our hearts go out to him. Uh, it seems like this is a, a very serious issue. Obviously, lymphoma, we know, uh, is a very serious issue. So um, I did just want to mention that that came out today. Uh, he's receiving medical treatment in Germany. So I think that that kind of nixes all of the conspiracies right. and turns right. this into a, a, a health issue. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, I mean, there's nothing really to say about that, but obviously wishing, wishing him the best that came out of this morning. Um, we'll end with this. Uh, oh, yeah, we're, we got plenty of time. Um, we'll end with this. It, it was came out the other day. I have some opinions. I'm going to close my laptop. 
came out the other day that the NHL, uh, ha- you know, we we've known this for a while. They have these puck tracking, jersey tracking situations, and they can track how fast people are going, how fast the puck is going. If you watch the Rangers game on TNT, they have the little radar gun above the net. Very cool stuff, in my opinion. I think we could do a lot with this. Analytics can be bolstered significantly once this all gets out into the public sphere. It's going to be great. The first thing they've really decided to do on a large scale uh, was announced the other day. Amazon Web Services and the NHL, uh, it's going to be face-off winning percentage. Uh, that is the, they're going to, face-off's going to be happening. You're going to have, you know, Mika Zibanejad and J.G. Pajot in the circle. And above it, there's going to be a little, like, kind of like a box. And it's going to have Mika's picture, and it's going to say 52%. And it's going to have Pajot's picture, it's going to be 48%. And somebody's going to win the face-off, and it's going to go away. So in terms of the visuals on the screen, I don't have a problem with it. Whatever. You want to give me as give me as many numbers as possible. I'm one of those guys. If there's a nerd cast that they want to put out there, I will watch it. I don't care. Give me as many numbers as possible. The issue with this, to me, is, is the live betting side. Because this is going to turn into live betting. You know it is. Everything's going to turn into live gambling. Gambling in general. If you're gambling on individual face-offs, you are a sicko. <laughs> You are a sick human being, and you I'm being completely serious when I say you need that. That's you think that'll happen? Individual yes, of face-off? course it'll happen. They want to bet on everything. They have they have contracts with eight billion sports books. I mean, that's not that's a good point. Look, that's yeah. just so it's insane. But yeah. where else would it be going? Why do I need to know that JG Pajo is a forty eight percent chance of winning this face off? Besides it's like it's a period it's face off in the second period. Yeah. If you use it few and far between, offensive zone draws, third period draws, power play draws, penalty kill draws, I'm game. Right. But if you're using it on random neutral zone face offs in the second period, there's no other answer. Yeah, no, they can't do it on random draws. They have to do it like the NFL, like player props. Like let's say Mika's advantage Jad will finish with you know, above fifty percent on face offs. They could do like a prop like that. That still I is that sick. M- yeah. more likely. Sure. Than individual. But now we're like gonna for the get- whole game I meant. Yes, like, of course, of course. I understand what you mean. Quiggs, I know you never... Do you, do you ever play hockey? Yeah, like, I played hockey. Competitively? Yeah. Okay. Face-off wins are the most objective thing of all yes. time. Yes. They 100% <laughs> are. They're, they're not objective at all. Yeah. Like, if you're It's good, like rebounds in basketball, which turned into a whole thing when that became a live If you're situation. good at winning face-offs, you have, like, a percentage of, like, maybe 55. Yes. Yeah, Jonathan Taze has been, like, routine... He's been praised, like, one of the biggest aspects of this game has been his ability to win face-offs. And even his, like, all-time percentage is, like, 59%. Yeah. J.G. Pajor is the best guy in the Islanders. is like, 56. Like, it's not a guarantee. That's first of all. And second of all, so say you win it backwards. You, like, clean win it backwards. Yeah, very subjective. Right. But but the the winger for the other team comes up and intercepts the puck. Yeah. You lost the face-off. Exactly. Right. So I, I had a 60% chance of getting the puck away from the center, which I did. But... My guy didn't touch it first, so I lose. Exactly. Right. So it's like you have to be a psychopath. Yeah. I, I don't understand why this is the first thing we pulled out. I want heat maps. I want, like, like imagine a heat map, right, where it's everywhere Alex Ovechkin has been on the ice in one game, and you mm. see a giant red blob on the, on the faceoff circle, and you really see how much he's playing in the defensive zone. And as he gets older, he's going to get tra- treated like a lacrosse midfielder where he gets off and the puck goes yeah. over the red line and gets back on in the offensive zone. So that would be very interesting to me. An, an increase in expected goals, like in, in, the, in the accuracy of expected goals, would be very interesting to me. This, I have no interest in. None. Because I don't understand why it matters. Because at the end of the day, possession changes like that. You win an offensive zone draw, your guy takes a slap shot, 
The rebound goes to the defense. You had possession for two seconds. So who cares? I feel like one way to to put to put this in analogy, I feel like you guys will take this. It's like betting on the coin flip of the Super Bowl. Yeah. At least, at least, at least if it hits tails, it's tails. Okay, that's a one-time thing. It's also a one-time thing. That's also yeah, but it's also subjective in a way. You not really. If it lands on tails, it's tails. It's a fifty-fifty chance it goes each way. That's correct. Right. That's what I was. Yeah, no, it's even more subjective. I guess. I guess. But when I when I said subjective, I meant like. Well, subjective as in like it's you can't even tell who wins face off sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But it's also but also it is just ridiculously like fifty fifty. Right. Yeah. It's random and subjective. Why would you put your money in that? I don't understand. Why people bet any real money on this sport baffles me. Mm. Beyond belief. But that's your prerogative. If you want to bet on a real game, that's fine. I have no problem with that. Bet on an over, that's fine. Face individual face offs. You gotta be a psychopath. I don't think I don't think that's gonna catch on personally. I just don't think so. Like, but do you think that we're gonna end up off. like betting on like coin flips for like a random like regular season game no, at some I point? Do not. I think football is a different animal because there's eight. Because the reason that football is going to keep getting more popular is because there are eight billion things to bet on that are actually like real. Yeah, passing yeah. yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, kick returns, field goals, touchdowns. Hockey, it's goals, points, assists. Yeah, assists. Over-unders. You could do plus-minus. Plus, plus, uh, yeah, plus-minus is like a fake stat anyways. Do so I really want to... Like, yeah. There's nothing to... Like, they're trying to invent things. To, they're trying... Everybody's trying to become the NFL, and they're going to quickly learn that they're not. That's my point, is you are not. So stop trying to make things to bet on, because the NFL, before betting was legal, before betting was as popular as it is now, had a billion things to bet on, and as betting has exploded, the sport has continued to explode. But all sports, all sports are going to continue to explode as betting continues to explode. Absolutely. Golf so, is continuing to explode because there's a gazillion right, things to bet on. Right. So obviously, like, as a fan who's, like, maybe not trying to bet on the sport, you you don't want this stuff. But as a league who knows that, like, they're going to get so much more money, so much more viewers if they have bettable things in their sport, I mean, I, I completely see, like, why they want to implement it. Yeah, I, I mean, I get it, but I, I don't I don't understand why a real person would do it. Why a better would do it. A better. Yes. A better. A better. Yeah. I, I, I just can't comprehend it. Oh, I'm they'll just, do it, though. I, I, because there's this whole thing called, like, gambling addiction, though. Like, <laughs> I they're really taking advantage of right yeah. now. That's no, the... Sure. Yeah. And you know what? It's not my problem, I guess. I don't no. know. If more people watch the NHL at the end of the day, I guess I'm happy. Yeah. But I don't think face-off percentage is going to get people to watch it. I just don't. Golf, golf viewership and playing has exploded since the pandemic. Partly because it was the only thing you could do, right? So then, and then it was the first sport to come back. Mm. And then when gambling exploded and became legal in much many more states as it has over the past twelve months, you you can see there are a billion things to bet on. If a person finishes top five, top ten, top twenty, top American, top European, every single day, there's four straight days of it. And plus, the favorite always has like plus like fifteen hundred odds. Exactly. That's why people love betting on golf. Exactly. And it has exploded. So I've seen it in my other favorite sport, but I don't see a way that it can like I, I and that makes sense to me. Like I, I obviously you can probably tell I don't participate in this, but I that makes sense to me on, on a mathematical level. Right. But this does not. I don't know. Whatever. That's my that's my rant for the day. Appreciate it. Thank you. I don't. I don't see eye to eye completely, but I definitely yeah. understand where you're coming from. Okay, thank <laughs> you. I appreciate that. Hey, your points are 
well received. <laughs> I don't. I mean, honestly, I I could go on a, a rant about sports betting, but we should probably wrap up soon. <laughs> I mean, we got time if you want to go on a rant. No, I'm not huge on it, but okay. it's just I don't know. I feel like it's especially the way that like betting apps are set up right now. Like yeah. you know, half half the money that that you win ends up going to the state. Correct in this right. state. That's right. true. So you're not actually. I mean, like if you're gonna bet, like don't don't use a sports betting app. Just bet like with someone or on. on okay, I'm not gonna e- emphasize or endorse betting right now. Okay, but I just think I don't know. Sports betting is stupid. All right. <laughs> Point well taken. And make sure you're smart with your bets too. Yeah, that of course. Okay, so please bet responsibly. <laughs> that wraps it up for this week. Uh, we have a whole lot to actually p- uh, plug here, so I'm gonna play the outro and then plug a whole bunch of stuff for you. Uh, starting with, I'm going to the UBS Arena tonight. Uh, they're playing against Vancouver. That should be a joy. Uh, Colin is going to the Garden uh, tomorrow. They Rangers play the Devils. And then on Saturday, uh, Jack Roach is taking over for Tyler and I as the Islanders play the Blues. And we have a full five-on-three squad for one-on-one. Colin Lochran, Sam Borer hosting James Burrell's headlines. So definitely wow. tune in for that whole five-on-three squad there. Very nice. Uh, then Sam is going to Devils Blues on Sunday, and then she's also going to Islanders Avalanche on Monday because I can't go to that either. She's an Av fan. Works out great. So uh, that's what I got. Uh, anything else? Do you think we're actually going to get hockey talk on one-on-one? I, I don't see why not. <laughs> it would be crazy. So you should text them. Let them know. Oh, definitely. Matt, thanks for joining us, man. Hope to see you soon. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you guys so much. That does it for us. We will talk to you next week. For Matt Benzo and Tom Quigley, I'm Chris Hennessy. See you then.